0: So much has conspired to make this precise moment possible for each one of us to be here, whether in person or online, and for there to be this living tradition of Unitarian Universalism in which we have the freedom to weave together not only the best of what has come before, but also contemporary innovations, as seems right to us. I'm grateful to have had the opportunity twice to teach a graduate class in UU history for aspiring UU ministers. And for this Christmas Eve, I want to just briefly share a few parts of our UU history that relate to how our Christian traditions came to be, especially here in the U.S. If you're interested in going deeper, my colleague, the Reverend Dr. Susan Ritchie, has written a fascinating and quite short and accessible book titled How the Unitarians and the Universalists Invented Christmas, an anthology of historical Unitarian Christmas stories. Now, I'm sure the Methodists could tell their version of the story, and the Presbyterians and the Catholics, but you came to a UU congregation, so you're going to get that propaganda. And let's be frank, that is a little bit of a pretty highfalutin claim. What does she mean that our UU forebears invented Christmas? I'll limit myself to just three examples, but first allow me to set the stage. If we could turn back the clock 400 years, we would not find the alleged war on Christmas that makes uh, headlines around this time each year in which fundamentalist Christians are angry about a trend toward a more inclusive greeting of happy holidays for all. In the 1600s, it was actually the pilgrims who were the conservative Christians of their own day who were the ones waging the war on christmas here's the thing the pilgrims actually read the bible closely and they realized there's nothing in it about the date on which jesus was born so they thought linking jesus's birth to any specific date and especially to the pagan winter solstice was a terrible idea if there was anything like a if there could have been anything like a safe pilgrim pagan interfaith dialogue back then which was not possible, uh, the pagans would have been like, strong agree, step off winter solstice. <laughs> Ironically, though, in the 1600s, it was actually all of the secular folks who today are being accused of a war on Christmas. Back in the 1600s, it was the secular folks who loved making Mary on Christmas. They were all about getting their pagan yule on in Jesus's name. And the pilgrims frowned very sternly on any such frivolity. Indeed, for parts of the 17th century, it was illegal to observe Christmas in quite a few parts of colonial America. Keeping this combative history of Christmas in mind, let's fast forward 200 years to the 19th century and the first of our three examples of UUs helping invent Christmas as we've come to know it. In 1818, the Reverend Aaron Bancroft, who was the Unitarian minister of the Congregational Church, it looks like Worcester, Massachusetts, but I'm told it's Wista, (laughs) so uh, he was preaching uh, against this sort of puritanical anti-Christian polemics. Uh, Taking a position that feels very UU, he said, you know what? it doesn't matter if the Bible lacks a specific date for Jesus's birthday. He thought that as modern humans, we shouldn't allow the past to unduly constrain us. In his words, as long as both the holiday and the date are agreeable and convenient to people, we should be free to do as is right to us. Here's a quote from his Christmas Day sermon of 1818. He said, the New Testament has not appointed anniversary services in commemoration of the birth of Jesus. If we celebrate this event, we should consider it a privilege with which we have indulged, not a divine duty enjoined. And should any object to the time of this celebration, and be assured people were objecting, if any should object to the time of this celebration on the plea that we have not conclusive proof respecting to the day, our answer is, the objection on the point before us has no force. I'm told at that point he dropped the mic and, and walked away. <laughs> actually, he probably continued on for another hour because they didn't have Netflix to get home to. So uh, the sermon was sort of the entertainment of the day. Uh, For a second example of how the UUs helped invent Christmas, let's turn to the Universalist half of our Unitarian Universalist tradition. In 1789, the Universalist community in Boston hosted the first public religious observance of Christmas in the New World. Previously, there had been Episcopal and Catholic masses on Christmas Day, but those were really pretty much like any old mass, just with a few Christmas things sprinkled here and there. Uh, This universalist innovation was a unique service in which all of the elements were specifically selected for Christmas, akin to the service that we are celebrating this very evening. A third and final example is that Christmas trees here in the U.S. were explicitly introduced by Unitarians and by abolitionist Unitarians at that. In 1837, uh, Harriet Martineau, a British Unitarian who's often called the first female sociologist, published a book about her travels around the U.S. She wrote about witnessing the first American introduction of the German Christmas tree tradition, bringing Ohtanenbaum to the U.S. It was 1835 in Cambridge, Massachusetts, at the home of a German immigrant, the Reverend Charles Follen. Uh, he was a Unitarian minister. He was also the first professor of German at Harvard University. A few days before Christmas that year, Harvard had given Fulan the very unwelcome present of firing him for being publicly supportive of the movement to abolish slavery. Not a good historical look for Harvard. That Christmas, Martinu, a fellow abolitionist, spent time with the Follin family. She wrote about Follin's view of how the Christmas tree that he had brought over from Germany, this idea, could actually help cultivate a moral life by encouraging gift-giving. Note that their focus was on the virtue of giving presents, not the delight of getting them. Now, this is another point where it's important to keep the historical context in mind. Not only was the custom of German Christmas trees not fully established until well into the 19th century, the 1800s, but also children using the tree to give rather than receive gifts was not a widespread practice. But the idea of using the tree to teach generosity, that proved irresistible to American liberals. And soon many Unitarians and others were actively promoting the Christmas tree. And so ends the tale, at least for now, of how you use Helped Invent Christmas. But the story continues because each of us are have the opportunity and the invitation to discern how do we feel called to use our freedom right here and right now to meaningfully celebrate Christmas in our own day and time as our ancestors did in their day and time. And so as we continue to reflect what that looks like for you, I invite you to remain seated as we sing together, O Little town of Bethlehem.